Hello, Tony G Nation, for one final time this season. Wow. I, Will McCormick. I am Tony G. I mean, this is the la- this is the season finale of season six. How you feeling, Tony? You a little sad? I mean, you know, I'm not sad because let me tell you what, Will. Mm-hmm. Um, next Tuesday, yeah. so a week from now, 6 a.m., you know where I'll be? Where are you? I'll flight on out of here. Vacation time for Tony G. Vacation time? Yes. I don't even get vacation time. I don't. This is my first vacation in years. So oh, I didn't, so we get vacations from Tony G's show through the contract? No. Or is it? Oh, okay. You're that's just, why you got to do it in between. Yeah, okay. I get you. You got to learn how to schedule things. Yeah. Okay? Again, that's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Season six, episode number 25, our season finale. Got my coffee. You, you got your I mean, you are a big coffee roll. guy. I am a big coffee guy. Starbucks, though, so that's a little... I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge, I'm not really proud of the Starbucks coffee, but no, you... I wasn't going to say it was Starbucks, and now you said it was, so... Yeah, I, I kind of gave, I let that cat out of the bag. You're not, I, the, not the most masculine coffee drink. I can but. fully admit that this is my first time having Starbucks in over a year. You know when the last time I had Starbucks was? Never. Never. Yeah, I knew that. So, I got you. I got you by the ropes there. Well, I mean, let's recap the last couple of episodes. We haven't had a formal Tony G show in over a week now. Because Tuesday we had our NFL draft preview with Matthew Swanson. And then on Thursday we had our Jason Fonder episode. And those were both very good, very interesting episodes. I was very happy to get those in and and recorded before Season 6 concluded. And now in this episode of the Tony G Show, we're going to recap the NFL draft. I'll give you three winners. We're only really going to talk about one, but I named three. And then also we will talk about what the heck is going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and that whole situation. Give you some thoughts on that and some perspective from the Green Bay area. So we'll talk about that the second segment. Third segment, we're going to switch to baseball for our final segment of Season 6. I am going to blast, and I mean put on full blast, the Major League Baseball power rankings that just came out as of yesterday, May 3rd. That is today's episode and our last one, Will. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, before we get into today's show, Summer Ball Subset Podcast releasing first week of June. Then, Season 7 of the Tony G Show will be released in September of 2021. Also, got to remind you, Season 4 of the Tony G Show is going to be wiped clean off the podcast platforms. Going to be taking down everything except the Michael Pant interview, that 10th episode, that 10th and final episode of the season. That'll be the only one up from Season 4. But uh, moving forward, Season 4 is going to get wiped clean again, so just a couple of uh, housekeeping notes. Also, at Willis5312 on Twitter, at Tony G Show on Twitter. What do you say, Will? Let's get into it. Season finale? Yeah. All right, this is the Tony G Show's season finale of Season 6. Final episode in Season 6 of the Tony G Show. Again, that's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Let's get into it, Will. What do you say? I'm ready. Segment number one. You know, we had our our draft expert, Matthew Swanson, on the show last Tuesday. And that was, again, our draft preview. Thanks again to him for coming on and giving such great insight and perspective Mm -hmm. heading into the draft. But, you know, that was Tuesday. 
the, the rest of the week hit, the, the weekend hit, and then the NFL draft took place. So now let's recap the draft. We're going to give you three winners. We're only going to go in-depth, really, on one team. We're going in-depth on all of them, but only super in-depth on the number one team. Well, uh, you know, I, you and I are going to hate to see it talk about this, but the team that won the draft from an unbiased standpoint is the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. Totally. Totally. I mean, there's no question about it. The draft picks that they had are so talented and are so necessary for their team moving forward. And, you know, of course it all starts with Justin Fields, trading around to get him. I'm going to preface this by saying, at this point, they won. We need to see all these guys pan out. Well, of course, and that goes with anything. But, right. I mean, initially coming out of the draft, the Chicago Bears won the draft. At this point in time. Yeah. They won the draft, Well, I don't even think it's a matter at this point in time. I think. Well, what if all these guys don't pan out, then, then they lost. Well, <laughs> that's the whole point of the discussion. You're going to get me shouting just like that episode a couple weeks ago. I'm just saying. I'm that's just, the whole point of I'm the just, discussion. I'm just prefacing that. You don't have to preface, preface. it because that's what the conversation is about. Get into it, Tony. I'm going to tell me now. Now I'm getting loud because now you're telling me what to do. This My is show. a Tony G show. All right, enough of this nonsense. Yes, the Chicago Bears did win the draft. Shut up, Will. <laughs> drinking my coffee. I'm just waiting here. for you. I'm just waiting for the remark to come out now. Just drinking my coffee. All right. Anyways, let's get into it. They had a very well managed draft. I mean, yeah, the players that came out of the draft were very talented and they're very uh, high potential players. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that they managed, managed this draft, second to none. Because they traded around, got Justin Fields. And actually, I heard, too, that the Vikings wanted to take him at 14. And the Bears yes. jumped right ahead of them. Yep. So Yeah, so the Bears swooped in at number 11 overall, took Justin Fields, and just hit on the rest of their draft. Let's go through the draft picks, and then I want to talk mm-hmm. about the management and, and potential I see in these, in these characters. Justin Fields, round one, 11 overall. Tevin Jenkins, an offensive tackle. Larry Borum, another offensive lineman. Khalil Herbert. Running back out of Virginia Tech, I like that pick. Mm-hmm. They even added a wide receiver, Daz Newsom out of North Carolina, like him. Added to their secondary and their defensive line with the last two picks. And Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon. And Chris Tonga out of BYU. So, you know, again, not a big fan of rooting on the Bears in there. Um, you know, draft picks. But they serve their... Their prospects for the future. But the, Yeah, they serve <laughs> their needs. They had to do. Exactly. They added to a defense which I, along with Will McCormick, along with Matthew Swanson, thought didn't need much of an upgrade, didn't need a facelift. Yeah. Just needed a part here or there, and that's what they got. Kyle Fuller ended up leaving, right? Yes, he's a Denver Bronco, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the cornerback kind of makes sense, but... <laughs> um. Yeah, so they're trying to fill that one hole, I guess, that they might have. Yeah, in their and plus defense, the defensive but... line. Right. I mean, any you can never have too many defensive lines right. on a team, too. But, like, these first couple picks, the offensive weapons that they got, they got a Justin Fields, they got a running back, they got a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. A Khalil Herbert is a good guy to bring in behind a David Montgomery type of stature. A Daz Newsome, the wide receiver, a good guy to throw into that wide receiver core that is always rather impressive for the Bears. And I think, honestly, the, the biggest addition that they've made were their two lineman additions that's that's huge because almost every game the bears end up getting torched on the o-line yes every game and i think the one team that this is just a side note but the one team that is worse on the offensive line especially in the nfc north is the minnesota Vikings. okay i was gonna say that yeah their their line's terrible they added a couple draft picks to a couple offensive linemen 
added a really good one in the first round too. So I mean, you know, they they mm-hmm. did their thing. But back on the Bears here, they had a bad offensive line and they weren't even the worst in the NFC North. Yeah. Anyways, they did add to it and effectively too, Tevin Jenkins, one of the top tackles out of Oklahoma State, and Larry Borum out of Missouri too, an offensive lineman. I mean, these guys are yeah. And they got prime Sunday players. They got Jenkins at a steal at 39, yeah. too. Yeah, they did. Steal. There was a lot of talks about where he would go if he was going to be a first rounder or not. And I think we talked about that with mm-hmm. Swan. Even though I think he mentioned guys like Slater and such mm-hmm. who were his top picks to yeah. go in the first round. I don't think he mentioned Tevin Jenkins was a guarantee to go in the first round. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a steal at that, that high. Mm-hmm. So you got your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, and now you got two offensive linemen behind him, a couple offensive linemen, offensive weapons, I should say, later in the rounds in the draft on that third day. So, I mean, good for them. Rebuilding. You know, they kind of pulled that that thing on their fans where they got Andy Dalton and everyone was like, this is the quarterback we're going with, really? And everyone was kind of questioning them and their moves. And I did too. I thought that was a a joke of a move to go get Andy Dalton and claim he's your franchise quarterback, your QB1. But then to come in the draft and swoop in, have an excellently managed draft. And what I mean by that, it's not just this first-round pick. You know, they traded up twice in these first two rounds, used their third, fifth, and sixth in those moves, and then traded back, got a seventh-rounder. I mean, they had all sorts of moving parts in this draft for them. Mm -hmm. They had all sorts of moves moving around, this pick, that pick, this place, this place. And then, I mean, moving forward, not even – you know, building with what they have and building off these draft picks, they went out and they got two undrafted free agents. Charles Snowden, who I have a little note on, he's I think he's really one of the top linebackers that didn't go in this draft. And then C.J. Marable, the running back out of Coastal Carolina, like him too, don't know too much about him, but I know that Snowden, who stands at 6'6", 243, by the way, broke his ankle and it cost him the end of the 2020 season. And... All of his measurables testing as well, he didn't get to partake in because Mm -hmm. of this broken ankle. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, this is a guy that I really like to see. I mean, I wasn't a stickler on, I got to watch the Virginia Cavaliers football game. But when I'd see him and hear highlights or I'd hear his name and I think this guy is really, he has the instincts, he has the speed and he has the size too against 6'6", 243. So I think they added a really good linebacker as well helping out their defense, adding another running back. I mean, this team is primed to make a run, if not this year, than the next few years, and it's dangerous. I mean, talk about a little bit more on Justin Fields. And, you know, not even talking about his on-field play for the time being. Let's just focus on this. When he got drafted, and everything you see on social media, on the Bears' accounts, on Justin Fields' accounts, on Ohio State's accounts, Justin Fields looks the same way. He looks determined, he looks focused, and he looks aggressive. It's dangerous. It's dangerous if you're around the NFC North watching this guy come into this Bears program because you know he's about to change something. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. And not to mention what he does on the field. Talented, big arm, dependable. I mean, he's strong too. This is a dangerous, dangerous cat for the NFC North and the rest of the National Football League too if the Bears can really utilize him. And there's always that discussion too of, well, are the Bears going to, you know, groom him to become their franchise quarterback right. or is it you know they haven't gotten rid of Matt Nagy their front office is still a little up in the air in terms mm-hmm. of you know having experience or or proving to the fans of Chicago that they're worth staying in that front office and building a, a franchise team so there's always that question of well does he have the right coaching around him 
I'd say at the moment, Matt Nagy is not the fit. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, say. he's an offensive-minded coach. You know, we are big advocates for yep. offensive-minded coaches, not the defensive type of, you know, if you if you want to groom a quarterback and get an offense going, you really need an offensive-minded coach. Right. Which is kind of why I'm a little worried about the Zach Wilson and New York thing because, you know, Robert Sala, yeah. defensive coach. So I'm a little worried about that, but that's a different story. This whole Matt Nagy thing, he hasn't proven to me that he deserves a job. I thought he should have been out a couple of years ago. <laughs> I mean, well, and and this Bears offense, I don't. Well, we'll see how they're obviously going to change a lot because Fields is a totally different style of quarterback than the yeah. Bears have had ever, ever, yeah, ever for a long time, ever. I mean, I, I mean Cutler wasn't a scrambler. I mean, not that I think Fields is, a, but he's more of a scrambling quarterback than he's more mobile. Yeah. And they haven't had that. I right. mean, who, who have been their top franchise quarterbacks? I mean, they got a guy like Jim McMahon in the Super Bowl. Right. 85. They had Grossman, Cutler, working mm-hmm. with Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they haven't had the most talented quarterbacks on their roster for the last couple of years. But now it seems like they finally have that game changer. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying he might not be that game changer. I still think he is. I would say he's, at the very least... A better talent than Trubisky. Oh God! At the yeah. very least. My goodness, yeah. That's that's saying that's saying the least about him. The front office went and made the right move, because taking Mac Jones at, at eleven would have been, like, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I, I think the I think the I think their front office honestly made the right choice. It's just going to be, I, I'm curious to see for one if they're going to start him right away. I would think so. I don't think so. You don't think so? They think they'll sit him? I think that's kind of why they got Dalton, so that they could draft a quarterback and let yeah. him sit a couple of weeks. I, I can see that too. I think yeah. I would advocate for him to sit for a while, but I'm not sure, again, how that'll play out. But I think it, this is an interesting one. It's going to yeah. be a huge change for the Bears. This Huge. Is, like I said, they finally have that game-changing type of quarterback. They yeah. finally have someone who can come in and not just play well, a Jay Cutler, a Rex Grossman, even like a Jim McMahon, even though we never watched him play. But someone who has a presence to him. Someone that can come into a roster and make a statement. Someone who's going to run away and be the captain of this team. Someone who can step on the field and force defensive coordinators to stay up at night thinking, how are we going to stop this guy? I think Justin Fields could really grow into that type of talent if he's not already. And, you know, there's a debate of if he is or if he isn't. I, th- I see a lot of talent for him. I kind of saw him dropping in the draft a tad mm-hmm. because of how he played in that playoff game against Clemson. And, you know, it was still a good game. It was still, he still played great. And I'm not saying he should have fallen out of the first round or anything. Don't overemphasize what I'm saying. I just saw him falling out of that top five range because of how he played. There was a couple questionable throws, misaccuracies, and such. And I think he'd be doing a disservice to uh, Matt Swanson on our draft day special. He had mentioned <laughs> um, with Mac Jones. Look at the talent around him. We do have to acknowledge the fact that he did play for Ohio State. Very, oh, sure. very, very dominant team in all of college football. Sure. So we have to at least acknowledge that, that he has a lot of talent around him. And I I'm agree. not saying that Chicago doesn't have talent because there are really talented players in oh, Chicago. Yeah. But we might see a little bit of time for him to come into that completely dominant role. I, I could see that. Because especially in a program like Ohio State, you have players that can pick up the slack when he's not quite playing to that level. Yeah. And I think with the Bears, there's there are some players that can do that. But I would say to a lesser extent than Ohio State. Because, I mean, they have like five-star athletes playing special teams and only special teams. Well, then let me pound this point home to you. I, I want to take the stance of I think that, you know, you mentioned 
they had the talented players to pick up the pick to mm-hmm. pick up the slack when Justin Fields wasn't playing his A game. Right. And I agree. They did have a lot of talent, great coaching. I mean, that's one of the best programs in college football history. Yeah. I mean, it's always been really good there, and it always will be very it's competitive. Up there with Bama. I mean, yes. They don't win like the national championships at the pace that Alabama does, but that's right. because it's Alabama. Right. Ohio State still wins national championships. They're still always competitive and they always will be. I get it. But I want to take the stance of, well, Justin Fields doesn't ever not bring his A game. I want to take the stance of he's always talented. He's always a good scrambler, mobile, good thrower, good pocket presence. He's always smart, too. He's wise. And I think as he grows into this franchise, like I said, you can see it in his eyes that he really takes this to heart, that a team puts it on his shoulders to become their franchise quarterback. I think Justin Fields is going to come in here and tear up the Chicago practice squads, tear up the the training camps, and I want to make a prediction here on the Tony G Show. By week five, Justin Fields will be in for the one and four Chicago Bears after Andy Dalton is going to get benched. That's that's if they don't start him right away. Which I that's also if they don't start him. Right I think away. there's a strong chance that he starts right away. There could be, there could be. That wouldn't shock me at all. Right. Either way, they're started by week five. Mm-hmm. You better believe it's or, yeah. or by week six. I suppose I said one and four, so that'd be after week five. By week six, for sure is going to be Justin Fields. After the first five games, Justin Fields will be at the helm for the Chicago Bears. I just think he's that talented. I think he's that good. I think he can be easily coached into becoming a franchise quarterback, an MVP candidate. I'm going to... Yes. I see the... Will McCormick froze, just stopped in his tracks. He can be an MVP candidate. You don't think so? No. Why? Because he's a first year out of college, dude. Okay. I don't mean... Maybe I should. Okay, clarify. okay. You don't. Mean, I don't mean you don't... like right now. Okay. I'm saying like over okay. the course of his career, this okay. is going to be a guy that's going to be groomed into an MVP caliber. I was going to say, wow, you were throwing out some like. High I thought you praise. were going. I was. I was getting ready to tee you up and smash you down here. No, I was going to. I was going to Giannis slam dunk over you. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, I probably should have clarified. Over the course of his career, okay, he will be an MVP caliber quarterback. Whew. Yeah, I mean, okay, so like you were like you were going to say before I stopped you, new tracks. Uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Okay. That's I, always nice. Yeah. You you kind of you shocked me there. I was a little afraid. I saw it blew you back to the wall. Yeah. I mean, your face was uh, went like a little, little... Went like ghost white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to keep talking about this discussion, but we're at a good amount of time for this first segment already, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to move on. But yeah, like I said, I think the Bears won the draft. They managed it correctly, made the right moves. Like you said, Will, they made the right choice. Yeah, they're they're They didn't overthink it, they just made the right choice. Right. Their front office did what they like they took the players, the best players that they could at the time, and set themselves up right now. It's just a matter of developing those players. Yeah. But they really did set themselves up well for success. Speaking about teams setting themselves up for well for success, my second and third best teams out coming out of this draft. Or not best teams, best drafts and draft classes, I should say. My number two, the Carolina Panthers. I think they really did a lot to solidify mm-hmm. their comp- their competitiveness moving forward. J.C. Horn at the number eight overall pick in the first round, cornerback out of South Carolina, a guy that both Swanson and I really, really liked. Yep. Newsom was my favorite cornerback coming out of the draft, but I really like J.C. Horn as well. Can't go wrong with him. Not to mention, what pick was this? Was this still the first round? Second round when they picked Terrence Marshall, a wide receiver. Yeah. Solid out of LSU. Pick. Brady Christensen, next pick, a tackle out of BYU, one of the top picks in the draft. And then Tommy Tremble, I saw this was their fourth, this was actually their fourth pick, their third round, uh, 83rd overall. Tight end out of Notre Dame, Tommy Tremble. And I saw Swanson before this show yesterday. 
And he said, you know that Tommy Tremble guy? He's a stud. He's a dog. So Swanson really likes that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy into him the way that Swanson does, but but uh, you know Swanson says he's that's a high good, praise. That's high praise coming from Swanson. How about this fourth round pick though? This is the one I really wanted to get to. A forgotten name coming into this draft, Chuba Hubbard, running back out of Oklahoma State. Like I said, this is a guy that's kind of been forgotten about moving forward. But keep in mind they have Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, right? This is going to be one of those two-headed monsters that mm-hmm. you and I emphasize so much on this show. You almost need it nowadays. Yes. It's almost like the the closer coming and throwing 100 out of the bullpen. You need <laughs> that. You need this two-headed monster out of the running uh, out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to have it with Christian McCaffrey and Chubba Hubbard in a couple years, which I, is also a fun name to say. I'm excited to see this Panthers team. They, I, they I agree. really kind of facelifted. I mean, they, they got a better quarterback in Sam Darnold. Yes, I'll go out and yeah. say Darnold's a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater at yep. this point. I, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, And they're really throwing some weapons around him. I believe uh, oh, Robbie Anderson, is yeah. he still a Panther? I think so. And that he's still a decent weapon too, and not to mention they throw Terrence Marshall across from him. Um, well, not to mention that out. Robbie Anderson played in New York with Sam Darnold, so right. they already have that chemistry. True, going. yeah. So th- this can be an interesting team, and... and J.C. Horn, I, I believe Swan raved about him for a while, too, on yeah, the show. So it, he loved him. They, they have some solid picks that really could help the team out this year. Yeah, I agree. Second best draft coming out of the 2021 draft, the draft class of Carolina Panthers. And this third team we can use as a bridge to our second segment. We'll get there, though. The third team, third best draft coming out of this class, the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like them. <laughs> I feel the tension already growing for where we're going to take this conversation. But they got Sertain, another one of those cornerbacks uh, Matt Swanson was mentioning on Tuesday out of Alabama. They got Javante Williams, a running back out of North Carolina. Quinn Marins, an offensive guard out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Shout out to them. Congratulations. <laughs> and then another lining back, Baron Browning out of Ohio State. Added to their secondary. Added uh, a couple more defensive pieces around them. Jonathan Cooper, linebacker out of Ohio State, I really like high on him too. So I think this is a good draft class for the Denver Broncos. I think they added a lot of pieces that they need to, and they're saying that Drew Locke is their guy. We're both fans of Drew Locke on yeah. this show, and I think if Drew Locke's your guy, Drew Locke's your guy. Go for right. it. I love him. I love his on-field presence. I love his mentality. I love his positivity. I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. Well, maybe not great. I think he's going to be a really solid dependable, above-average NFL quarterback. I like him. You want him at the helm? Put him at the helm. I got no right. problem with that. And now you're starting to put these pieces around him. You're starting to help out this defense that has been so so decimated in the last couple of years, couple of seasons. Listen, man, you did what you had to do in this draft if you're the Denver Broncos, and you set yourselves up for a ride. And because you need to be competitive in that division too. The AFC West, the Chiefs, and right. the Raiders who are even getting better. You know, the Chargers who are the Chargers, but they had a good draft too. They had an all right draft. So, you know, that's a di- competitive division. Something you really have to build a strong team around if you want to compete year to year. The one thing that I don't understand with their, like with all their picks they made, the second round pick, a running back to me just didn't make much sense that early. I mean, they have Melvin Gordon in the back in the backfield. Man, he is a stud. Yeah. So maybe this is telling us that they don't they don't have that two headed monster that we always talk about. When we always reference back to. But for running backs on their roster right now, they have Royce Freeman, Levante Balmy, Jeremy Cox. He's running back slash fullback. But I I just don't understand that. That's an early pick. Yeah. For running back, especially when they have a couple guys already. And but 
the other thing I wanted to ask you is that they're they kind of hit on receivers in the last year's draft, right? Yeah, they so, added a lot. So that kind of makes sense, and I can see that. So maybe they're just like, you know what, we're going to go out and try to find a running back in the second kind of early. Um, well, yeah, and you know, you mentioned those running backs that they got in last year's draft. I mean, they drafted a Jerry Judy, someone who was really highly proclaimed right. coming out of the draft. Not to mention that they've always had Deshaun Hamilton for the last couple of seasons, really like him. Mm-hmm. I think that you know, adding these offensive pieces, building around Drew Locke, yeah. Like I said, they even added a couple offensive linemen. Listen, Drew Locke's their guy, and they're going mm-hmm. with him. You talk about how they drafted that running back, uh, Javante Williams. Yeah. Listen, it's like that quarterback thing. If you got your guy, you got your guy. Right. You want him, you take him. If he's there, you take him. So if for the Denver Broncos, it seems like I, I put them so high, number three, with the, with the third best draft class coming out of the 2021 NFL draft because they saw a direction they wanted their team to go. Yeah. And they committed to it. And they added the right necessary pieces for that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I guess I was like, I'm not disagreeing and saying that they had a bad draft. I just think that second pick, they could have pushed a running back a little bit further down the line and maybe took somebody to bolster that O line or right because their defense. I, I don't. I think Von Miller had an AC or an ACL Achilles tear or something. So I'm not sure what the status of his injury is, but their defense is pretty good. The Patrick Sertan addition is That's solid, major. like a huge pickup i mean well needed yeah oh for sure i mean they, i don't think they've really had a um like a lockdown corner in a while in denver so this will be an interesting one to see if he kind of pans out but that the only the only takeaway that i that i have about their draft is just that second round pick to me is is putting a running back too high in a list that um that they really don't need and and almost i will say that swan when this pick went in matt swanson was not happy interesting you know we can continue to perpetuate this discussion but I think with the time that we're at in today's show, I think it's time that we transition, Will. And I think the Broncos are a good point to do that. Mm-hmm. You ready to talk about this? Oh, yeah. I hope we have differing opinions. Are you emotionally ready to talk about this? Well, I've been emotionally ready for a while. I've expected it for years. This whole Aaron Rodgers thing is finally blown up in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And it, this whole Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers thing, it got ugly in a hurry, Will. Oh, yeah. It got ugly in a hurry. So let's recap this timeline, and then we'll get into it. You remember on Thursday's show with the with the uh, Jason Fonder interview, mm-hmm. we had that tweet, that breaking tweet, mm-hmm. that we saw the 49ers had requested a trade to uh, get Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. It yep. was uh, rejected by the Packers. Came out that Rob, ESPN's Rob Domofsky said that that was fake. It was, kinda, it was confusing because he went back and forth like three times if it was real or if it was fake. So I don't know the whole story to that. And that, I think, is a great precursor for the rest of this timeline. Yeah. Because then it started to come out Thursday that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy in Green Bay and he wanted out. And it, it, it happened like it was just a flood right. of news stories that got whiff of this. And took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Remember, right. they were having their their uh, contract extension discussions and negotiating terms and this and that. And apparently, it got ugly, and Aaron Rodgers wanted out. Well, you know that continued over the draft. That storyline. What are the Packers going to do? Mm-hmm. How are they going to play this with this whole Aaron Rodgers wanting out thing? Are they going to go get wide receivers to help him? What, what is this? Is this? A ploy for Aaron Rodgers to get better players or not? Right, right. And, you know, we'll get into that a little bit as we continue this discussion. But just to finish this timeline, I saw on Twitter, I think it was Sunday at the Kentucky Derby, that there was uh, a source on Twitter that said Aaron Rodgers saw Mike Tirico and Aaron Rodgers refused to talk to media. But apparently the discussion was something like this. Rodgers was disappointed with how 
blown out of proportion this entire news story got. Mm -hmm. And he reiterated how much he loves Green Bay and playing in Green Bay. This is my exact thought process on Thursday. I was I was thinking like worst case scenario, I was preparing myself for whatever's gonna happen on draft day because I was under the assumption that a trade was gonna be was gonna happen. I was just ready to accept that. Yeah. But then I also remembered like what three years back, I mean the media just loves to criminalize Aaron Rodgers and just rip right into him. And yeah. so I was like, I'm gonna hope for the best here and I wanna actually hear in, in, in what you know, obviously that's not directly from him. That's from him saying it to somebody else tweeting about it. Those are sources. Right. These are all that, yeah. so this is all sources. This is all like this is where like media can Aaron really... Rodgers has said nothing yet. Right. He is literally like there's been not anything directly said from him. Nothing. I mean, obviously what was said through this person about he's he was him loving Green Bay, that was him saying that, but we haven't And there's heard... no proof that that was true either. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like we haven't heard Rodgers actually say anything yet. But I kind of had that in the back of my mind like maybe the media is kind of kind of running with this one a little bit i also think so you always kind of take it with a grain of salt you don't get too yeah worked up over it in this particular case it was so weird because it just came out of nowhere right it's such a weird and peculiar time in the middle of contract negotiation and talks between aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers the day of the first round of the draft and this new story breaks after there was a couple news stories out there that teams wanted interest or, or wanted to call the Green Bay Packers and talk about what it would take to get Aaron Rodgers on their team. One of those teams was the Denver Broncos. Yeah. That were the runaway favorites to take that deal, which, again, I I don't know if that makes the most sense. I mean, of course you'd take Aaron Rodgers over Drew Locke, but if you have mm-hmm. your franchise guy, which is why they didn't draft right. a quarterback, then why would you go out and look for another quarterback? Right. I don't know. It's just so weird the manner in which this news story broke and how no one – has really said anything. Now, after each round of the draft, Brian Gutekunst and uh, Mark Murphy have talked about how they're adamant that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer in the next season. They're they're adamant that Aaron is going to be on this team. We're not trading him. And here's the thing moving forward now. This is the big piece in this. No one is talking about the money. The Packers do not have the money to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. They don't have the money to cut him because then, then that would cost money that they do not have. They don't have the money to trade him because no team is going to take on his salary. That means they'd have to pay it off. They don't have the money to do that. They don't have the money to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Plain and simple. So if you move forward and you say, you know, you want out of Green Bay, and that could be fair and that could be true, and you know, but there'd have to be the right fit for that to work because the Green Bay Packers cannot pay to lose Aaron Rodgers at this point. I don't know if there's going to be a trade before next year's draft. Yeah. I think it's going to be a situation, if anything, if they're if, if the front office, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> if they want to trade Rodgers, they will not trade it to, because whatever team he goes to, they're going to be like 11 and 5. He's that good of a player. He's going to take a terrible team, and they'll be a winning team, and then they'll it's get like a... better than that. Right. So if they trade him for a first-round pick, they'll get like the 20th pick. That's nothing. Yeah. That's not going to do anything for Green Bay at this point. Well... It's going to take a haul to get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. Too. Oh, I'll, I will only accept like four first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, four first-round picks. Four futures. Plus like a wide receiver or something like that. Yeah. Like it's going to take a lot to get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. Here's what I've heard from this, and I want to hear your opinion on it. I had heard that Rodgers had said that he wants Gutekunst out. I also heard that. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think it's a matter of who you would take Rodgers over Gutekunst. It's, it's more so of why isn't this working? What is right. Gutekunst doing that Aaron Rodgers is not favored to Obviously, the draft of Jordan Love obviously hurt. Yep. Obviously, 
the contract negotiations not getting anywhere obviously put a damper on Aaron Rodgers. Obviously not adding wide receiver pieces. And remember, Will Fuller was out there. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. The new story that came out with this. Will Fuller was on the trade block, and Matt LaFleur was on it, and Brian Gutekunst is the one that shot it down and, and hit the red button and said, we ain't doing it. And see, this is this is almost like a common theme. Apparently, too, LaFleur and, and Goody are not on the same point, or the same, uh, they're not on the same wavelength. So if these news stories are true, what does that tell you? LaFleur and Gutekunst aren't on the right page. Yeah. Rodgers and Gutekunst aren't on the right page. What other front office members and Gutekunst are not on the right page? It's not an everyone else problem. This looks like a Brian Gutekunst problem. My understanding is that LaFleur and Rodgers are on the same wave. Gutekunst seemed to be kind of in this other headspace, like he's going to take the team a total different direction. And in my humble opinion, fire him. (laughs) If it's true. If it's true, right, because this is... Coming from a media... Again, it's just such a wild story. Yeah. And speaking about the draft, I mean, let's get into the draft class that they had. They Mm -hmm. took Eric Stokes, a cornerback. Solid pick. Right. And this is, you know, a lot of people were asking me, what did you think of this pick? They needed a cornerback out of this draft. This Mm -hmm. was one of the positions they needed to hit, and they got a good one. Does it help the Rodgers situation? No. So they got a corner. They wanted a cornerback, needed a cornerback, got a good one. Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. He's a dog, too. Good guy to... Pair up with uh, mm-hmm. Jair Alexander and Kevin King, too. Second round, they go offensive line. Josh Myers, Ohio State. Great pick. I mean, you know, you needed help on the offensive line. Yeah. You got a good offensive lineman. Does it help the Aaron Rodgers situation? No, not really, but you got a good one. Third round, here's where the Aaron Rodgers situation kind of comes in play. They get a wide receiver, Amari Rodgers, out of Clemson. So they add a wide receiver to this mix now. Does that help the Rodgers situation? I don't know that it does. I don't know that it won't. But I think that Rodgers doesn't... I don't think this is about putting talent around Rodgers because he's had good wide receivers his career. That He hasn't had, like, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins and he hasn't had a Kelvin Johnson besides a Devontae Adams type of right. deal. But he's had, like, a Jordy Nelson. He's had James Jones. He's had Randall Cobbs. He's had all these guys built around him. And they've been average to above average wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't say that it's... He hasn't had a talent thing. And granted, they're not going out of their way to sign these big names when they could be. Whatever. That's a different thing. I think this is more so Aaron Rodgers wants someone to convince him yeah. that he is the quarterback moving forward for the next five years plus. Right. He's said multiple times on multiple occasions he wants to play into his 40s. He's said multiple times on multiple occasions that he wants to stay in the same organization that he started with. The Kobe Bryant thing, the Derek Jeter thing, mm-hmm. and now he's at a point in his career where the Packers don't want to commit to him. And now he's saying, the heck with that. I want a team that's going to commit to me for the rest of my career. I'll give you good play. I just want an MVP at 37, but I want a team to commit to me. I would say Brian Gutekunst doesn't want to commit to him. I would say most of the organization, it seems to be siding with Rodgers. Yes. Chad Johnson did tweet something to the tune of Amari Rodgers is the real deal, kind of saying that he's looking to be like a decent player. So granted, however this, however this pans out, We'll see, but like you said, I think Rodgers is kind of looking for that reassurance that yes, they're going to stick with him, and that's kind of uh, that's been lacking from from the uh, from Brian Gutekunst. And then moving forward with the other draft picks, I mean, they got a couple linebackers, got a couple offensive linemen, Cole Van Landen out of Wisconsin. Shout out, shout out. They got a another running back, Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State, a guy that they can put behind uh, an AJ Dillon, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of morph him into a nice backup running back. Yeah. Like I said, though, I don't think the Aaron Rodgers thing is really 
based upon him getting talent around him. I think it's more so, like I said, he wants to be committed to. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, with a quarterback saying, I want you to commit to me. I'm going to commit to you. I'll say, he's been saying his entire career, he wants to play into his 40s, he wants to stay right. in the same organization that he started in. What's and now, now the organization isn't reciprocating that. And he just wants that commitment moving forward. Yeah. And if not, then he wants out. And that's completely reasonable. Yeah, I mean, this is a relationship, if you think, it really is. It is. And if, it is the exact same thing. And if one partner is not going to commit to the other person, then why, why, why would you be there? Why wouldn't you terminate the relationship? Right? right, exactly. And now for the Green Bay Packers perspective, and you know, we had Jason on Thursday. I saw a tweet where he ended a tweet saying, every, about you know talking about the Packers situation here, he ended the tweet saying, everything that comes around goes around. And he was talking about the Brett Favre thing. This is kind of like the same thing. Brett Favre was retiring, not retiring, after they drafted his backup, his replacement. And so they shipped him off to the Jets. That situation got ugly in a hurry. It has been since uh, repaired since. But, yeah, you know, that got ugly in a hurry. And now it's getting ugly with the Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, it's kind of the same thing. And I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, I don't label it the same way that Jason would. You know, granted, I was a little bit younger. You know, don't remember the most of it. But. It's kind of the same thing where these Packers have these Hall of Fame quarterbacks that want to end their career in Green Bay, and the Green Bay Packers don't reciprocate that for whatever reason. This is the second consecutive time now. And I get you have to start planning for the future with Jordan Love and you know Aaron Rodgers back then, but you have to understand that while your quarterback is playing still at a high level, you have to commit to him. You have to give him what he wants and keep him around. And it's just how it goes. I mean, the fact that Rodgers is head and toes above the quarterback that Favre was, and they still won't even commit to him, is just kind of like this is a Packers. It's thing crazy. Now. If Rodgers ends up becoming no longer a Packer, I'm almost willing to bet this will go down in one of the biggest blunders of any front office in any sport in in recent history. I agree. This is a this is like this would be a huge mistake. Well, I mean, this has already gotten ugly. Yeah. And this is already a bad look for the Packers. No matter what. No matter what happens. No matter whether Rogers sticks around. No matter whether they switch to love. No matter whether they draft or or not draft. No matter whether they trade Rogers for another quarterback. No matter how it goes, this is a bad situation for the oh, Packers. Yeah. I saw that and I also don't know that this was true. Mark Murphy flew out west for the draft. He had his little draft room set up out west in a conference room, it looked like, to try to mend this relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So that's how bad and that's how ugly this has gotten. This has been a terrible look for the Packers organization. This hasn't been the best look for Aaron Rodgers, too, because he hasn't said much about it. Either way, though, this has gotten ugly in a hurry. And time is only running out to fix this relationship before you have to report to training camp. So, you know, we'll leave that conversation there. Mm-hmm. See what we'll see where we are, season seven at the Tony G <laughs> I Show. I guess first episode will probably be whatever whatever happens. So first episode we'll probably discuss because <laughs> something. I mean, it just seemed like you know, and we're, we are wrapping this conversation up, and I hate to keep perpetuating this dead horse, but I just want to pound this point through that it seemed like something was going to give between the Rogers and Packers parties, those two separate parties engaged in this discussion. It seemed like something was going to break, and it finally did. It seemed like something was going to break for years, not giving help to Aaron Rodgers. It seemed like something was going to break 
uh, not getting him enough Super Bowl rings. And then they go draft his replacement, and now things just started to escalate and escalate, and then they lose in the NFC Championship, and it escalates and escalates, this... and something was bound to break. Something was bound yeah. to blow over, and it finally did. I don't know why it did at this time. Right. I don't know why it did in this situation, but it finally boiled over. I just want to add to this, too. I always feel like the media, the story is always, the Packers aren't helping Rodgers' defense, or the Packers isn't helping his off. Their, their, their off-run office isn't helping the you know Rodgers like can't win situation yeah it's like you know they they go and pick up all these studs on defense and now it's like well why aren't they helping the offense you know it's it's like and but yeah. then they go and they bolster the offense and then de- the defense is bad and they go well they need to help Rodgers defense it's like the media can't decide well that's the purpose of the media will is that I they know. exist to do that and they do that with everybody it's not just like an Aaron Rodgers oh, I know I know thing. they do that all the time yeah. it's just that's where I'm like that's that's why I took a step back and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna wait and see what happens yeah because you can you can what if yourself forever. What if yourself will? Here we are as media members doing this. Yeah, we are the media. Yeah. <laughs> Famous Tony G show that this is. What do you say, Will? One final segment in the Tony G show? Yeah, sounds good. Let's move from Packers. Let's move from uh, football to the Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. Because I want to put on blast... The new MLB power rankings in the first week of May. <sighs> All right. Tony's got a bone to pick. Here we go. I got a, I mean, really. The top nine in the MLB power rankings number one, the Dodgers. Number two, the Red Sox. Number three, the Padres. Number four, the White Sox. Number five, the Astros. Number six, the Brewers. When last week they were at five. Number seven, the Yankees, who suck. Number eight, the Giants. Number nine, the Royals. A's are somewhere in that mix. And this is the order they go in. Dodgers are still number one. Padres are number three. The Brewers just swept the Padres in San Diego. Yeah. They just took three of four from the Dodgers at home. What a joke. And the the, the Dodgers remain at one. Padres remain at three. And the Brewers fall from five to six? Yeah, that makes zero sense. Huh? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. Who drew this up? Yankees are seven and they suck. They ain't even at 500. Giants are having a great year. Tied for best record in the major leagues. Same with the Royals who are number one. And they're eight and nine. Come on. I mean, if you're trying to push these big markets, that's one thing. All right. You're trying to push the Los Angeles, the Boston, the San Diego, the Chicago's. I get it. It seems like what they're trying to do is that. And I get that you're trying, because these are, these are the best players, the Dodgers and the Red Sox, whatever. But if it's a power rankings, then how are you going to tell me a team that got swept and a team that lost three of four are still higher than the team that did that to both of them? Right. That doesn't make sense to me at all. And now I'm yelling, now I'm shouting, now we're getting loud here in Tony G Studios. But it's pathetic. Even if the Dodgers and the Padres were ranked higher, it's just, it makes zero sense that the Brewers fell. Like how, fell. Like they fell. How? how? I, I, okay. I don't get that. Listen to me now. And I get them in the Wisconsin media. You know, but from an unbiased standpoint, how illogical yeah. is that right. current sequen, sequence of events? Like, I would like to go through the thought process of who threw this list together. It's like, oh, the Brewers, oh, they lost... Oh, they lost three or four, so they, yeah. yeah, they're worse now. Yes. Yeah. That and I get sense. it. You know, they've had, when the Brewers lose, it seems like they lose in pretty big fashion. Lost to the Cubs, 15 to 2. Yeah. I get it. Lost to the, the Dodgers, 16 to 4 on Sunday. But I understand but it. But that doesn't but negate still, that, three or four wins. Exactly, Will. It does not negate nothing. 
You got to be kidding me that this is the this is the best you can come up with. Yeah. All right, put the Brewers aside now. Royals have the best record in Major League Baseball. Giants have been up there. Giants are right there with the Dodgers and Padres in the NL West. And they're 8 and 9. Yeah. The A's will win on a 13 game win streak. They ain't in the top 10. <laughs> and the Yankees ah! and the Yankees are at 7. That makes zero sense. It just shows you the type of scam the type of scam that the power rankings are, and I get it means nothing, but come on. Yeah. Who threw this together and thought, you know what? This is right. I'm going to go with this. This is logical. They must get have, out. They must have hit their head or something in the morning before they worked on this list. No, they must have woke up in week one. <laughs> Stupid. Just abysmal. Just terrible. You know, and I, I don't mean to get this loud, blasting through your ear, ear holes on on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, whatever you're listening on, Apple, Amazon, whatever. I don't care. Listen, I'm sorry that I'm doing this, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe... When I looked at this, I thought, you got to be kidding me. You've got, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, I laughed. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know what you have to do. I mean, not to mention that the Brewers have, have done all this. With Christian Yelich on the IL, right. with Lorenzo Cain on the IL, Corbin Burns just entered the IL. They have, as of today, fifteen players on the injured list. You know, <laughs> Yelich and Cain have come back. Fifteen players, both their starting catchers, Corbin Burns, Cy Young candidate, and they're still winning ball games. Yeah. Step up. I don't know who needs to hear it in Major League Baseball's power ranking department, but step up. You too, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I to say. Nothing like getting hot and loud. You know what, Tony? I'm not to mad. At, season. I'm not mad at the power the power rankings. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed, man. Yeah, give it the fatherly talk, Will. Yep. I feel you. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. I mean, there you have it. Wrapping up the season of Tony G Show. Season six. It's over, Will. Twenty five episodes. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. Are we gonna top that next year? Next uh, next season? I don't think I don't think so. Because we started right away this semester, right? Yeah. Plus, we took that week off, which is always nice. Yeah. Spring break. Yep. I don't know that we will. We I think our, I think our goal for every season should be eighteen to twenty episodes. Yeah. Twenty five is like crazy good. That's great. Yeah. We're gonna be at two hundred episodes before we know it. What are we at now? You don't know nothing, do you? We hit what a hundred at? Let's see. Yeah. Look up that date. Well, I can just look at the scripts. Okay, go ahead and look at the scripts. I mean, it's remarkable, though, coming this far for the Tony G Show. And Season 6 is now concluded. So we hit, we hit 100 at Season, or Episode 13. And this is 25, so this is... So we're 100, 112. 112, oh my goodness. We could be at 150 episodes by the time we graduate, if we keep pushing. Oh, wait, no. Come yeah. on, Will. No, 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 no. 100 episodes, 12 episodes ago. So we had... Goodness, Will. Let's just, let's just bring Will up the McCormick's calculator. Will McCormick's pulling out the calculator. You got to be... I mean, this is simple math. No? Yeah, 112. I, why doubt yourself? I don't know. I'm an accountant. I always have to double check. Okay. Well, 112 episodes is what we're sitting after the Tony G show. So we're looking at round 170 to finish out once we graduate next semester. If we're at this pace, yeah. 50, 50 next year between the two seasons, we'll have seven and eight. You know, and you don't get enough credit, Will. I do got to thank you. No. For sitting here... Spending time, taking meetings, you know, doing what you got to do, and you've been sitting here right along with me for the entire well, season. Thanks We've, for having me, Tony. I mean, I mean it's, it's a team effort, you know. It we, is. We, it's Tony we, G show. We yeah. can't do it with Tony G Nation to, great without time. Tony G Nation. 
So Thanks I appreciate it, but you thank you for having me too. Yeah. You, know, you put in a lot of work yourself. So yeah, yep. We do a good job here on the Tony G Show. If we can humbly pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> That'll do it for season six, man. We'll we'll see you. Never. <laughs> we'll see you <laughs> season seven. Season seven drops September 2021. We'll be right at it September. At Willis five three one two at Tony G Show. Will McCormick. This season was my pleasure. I will see you in September, my friend. Sounds good. That'll do it for season six of the Tony G Show.